0: Welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers, leaders, and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping you become a product master. Listen and get ready for higher performance for the doctor is in.
1: Hi, this is Chad, and this is where product leaders and managers make their move to product masters, learning practical knowledge that leads to more influence and confidence so you can create products that customers love. And I love saying that every time we start this podcast because that is what we really care about is creating products that customers love. And one way to help us with that is to build customer communities. It's a key thing in product management work. And I was told that SEMrush, who are the makers of a digital marketing platform, not one I was actually aware of, uh, had created one of the most effective international communities. One that was not only valuable to product managers to learn about the needs of customers, but also one that customers and influencers wanted to be a part of, right? Like people were eager to be a part of this. And explore how they build and use communities, I spoke with the head of global marketing, Olga Andreyenko. She currently leads all SEM Rush branding across 50 countries. In 2018, she was recognized among the 25 most influential women in digital marketing by TopRank. Most importantly for us, she shares with us her experience creating online and face-to-face communities in ways that specifically help product managers be more successful creating products that customers love. And as always, we take notes for you here. The notes are a great way to review key points and also share them with colleagues. Find the best insights with the discussion from Olga at com slash 268. And if you've been listening recently, you know we've been including a bonus question in those notes as well that you don't actually hear in this podcast. So, hope you go check that out. That bonus question this time is, we asked her, what are her favorite ways to stimulate discussion in an online community? Check out her response at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 268. Now, to the discussion. Olga, thanks for joining the Everyday Innovators.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: We can talk. When your organization first reached out, as organizations do at times about uh, being on the podcast, I wasn't all that interested, frankly, because it's just the topic, right, which is SEO sort of things, which is actually something that this podcast badly needs. So maybe we should talk later about that because I occasionally get the email from someone that says, How did I not know about this resource? You, you've done so many great interviews. You know, it's now my favorite thing to listen to. I should probably do a better job of telling people about this resource. But one thing I did see that you guys have done a lot of is community building. And I think this is a really important topic for product managers. And obviously product managers and and product marketers certainly care about SEO things. But I want to dive into this topic about community building and particularly online community building since you've done a lot of that. Can you just kind of share your background around community building?
0: Sure. I joined SEMrush six years ago and I joined as social media marketing manager. And that's the role that, well, part of it is just publishing news. And then the other part is talking to the community. When I entered the space, then I started not only comparing how we looked as a brand and then what what people talked about, but also my own strengths and what I could bring as a person because social media is really a personal channel and whoever is behind the brand really also Includes their own personality and whatever is happening on the feeds. So I started comparing myself and my strengths to other, um, social media managers of other brands, like competing, competitive brands. And then I realized that my strength was in helping others or somehow just making them feel that they matter and spending the time on their pages as opposed to actually taking care of our, our page and then publishing the best posts in the world. And that's how we started building the community because I started really investing a lot of time in uh, conversations and not in posting. Also, I started checking whoever mentioned our brand already huh. and replying to whatever happened, like whatever was the issue, if it was negative or positive, I didn't care. I just joined in as fast as I could and also I created the list of influences on Twitter that was a private list and then I started joining the discussions of whatever like they were talking about so that was the that was the start so I made sure that I engaged people who already knew about the brand And try to make them our ambassadors, or loyal customers, or if they were just interested and were aware, I wanted them to know more. And at the same time, I also engaged influencers in the discussion. So that was, yeah, that was the start, and that was six years ago.
1: Okay. Already some really good nuggets of, of insights in there for us. So playing to our strengths is an important one, recognizing what is your strength and what you enjoy doing. And then diving in and investing that time in the conversations and recognizing that this is a discussion, right? It's not one way information we're sending out. It's a discussion that's taking place. I like that you are going out and this is good for all product marketers for sure. When we have products out there, someone is talking about the product and being part of those discussions is important. And then you sought out influencers and you started having discussions with those influencers. So done on their audiences in a sense. So good marketing tips there already for everyone. When it comes to what you can do with a community what's the power there especially if we think about a specific product what's the power around having a community
0: so there was a question just random question from a random person on twitter guys would you recommend buying a CMR subscription so i just retweeted that with comment to my audience saying guys can you comment on that like can you help uh, Peter out whoever it was and then our audience started replying so I was so sure that the audience would recommend the tool that I just asked them to do it without anyhow interfering in a conversation so I think that is a power if you have a community that strong and then they receive a lot of answers saying yes absolutely do it that's worth your money and so that was endorsement by other people and I feel that that's just one of the ways. So it's just referrals and then the social proof and then endorsements by existing clients. And this is massive. If other people see that people are vocal and then well about using the tool and then they love it, then it's just not anyhow measurable. Whatever you do and however you promote yourself, this is not as powerful if, if other people talk about you. So that was one example I could give. And then for product marketers, there's a really Important thing to create a community of influencers. We see it in, at SEM Rush. So let's say we have two events in the community. One was our own conference, and that was a user conference. That was for prospects that were already watching the demos or were in contact with the sales, and also our existing clients. And then a product department joined this conference to gather groups of users and then get the feedback and ideas on what to develop next and the other event that we had was a really exclusive private event with 40 influencers all over the world then we just organized the hotel the program and also our product owners arrived to work with with the influences so the difference with users and influencers. Was that users said, "Yeah, we're already happy. Like we're happy with you guys. We're using you daily or weekly. You're doing a good job." And uh, what influencers actually did? They were criticizing a lot. They were giving a lot of ideas. And then both user groups are really important. But users who will use us daily, they are like they are happy, and but they would not maybe know what we could add because they have the functionality uh, they want. And influencers are influencers for a reason because they always are one step ahead. They want to change the world, Mm -hmm. sort of. So they always are on the lookout for something new and they have a lot of ideas. So I think both communities are super important because users, they provide feedback on if something's happening or they, they have a bug, they have a specific case and this is case-by-case case scenario. And then, while well, talking to regular users is super important, but the community of influencers, they are working with you on your future.
1: Yeah, from the product management world, we sometimes call those people the lead users. And what, we, what you're calling the influencers there. And these are the people that are, are using the product in, in more interesting ways, maybe, than most of our customers. And we might say they're on the cutting edge or the leading edge, right? And getting their insights can be really helpful Sometimes they also, if we start building the product for them, sometimes we're actually moving away from the core audience. Have you dealt with that issue of, you know, feedback that you get from your influencers that you have to kind of end up saying that's not, you know, that's not the direction that we need to go because of our base customers?
0: Yes. Well, influencers, they always provide like more value. They just also want to, um, they always give more than we could even implement. Hmm. and then, um as product manager is just a person that filters whatever goes in um in the development and whatever just stays in some someday maybe or well even never. Um, so, yeah, we definitely filter the um, um, well, but 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 I think we really did a good job with segmenting the influences okay. that we. Um, for well, having this focus groups and this, uh, really well, like really mm, private events. So, there's just only 40, they come from 17 countries. There, well, we always mix, um, um, so every year we have like 50% the ones that already were, were working with uh, product owners in the previous years, and then 50% is always new. And I also balance it out in, um, a way that there's 50% from agencies and 50% from corporate and in-house. But what's for sure is that these are the people that use the tool. They are advanced users. Um, So they are actually a lot like regular user, but with the mindset that they just also want to make the future really better and then they see a different picture. So I'm really cautious with just having someone who is not familiar with the product And then, well, sharing wishes that would not even be the, the direction, as you said, that we want to go. So I think not every influencer could be a good user group.
1: We'll get back to my discussion with Olga in just a minute. I created this podcast to provide training for product managers and leaders so they can perform at a higher level. I also provide online courses for individuals and the RPM experience for groups. This stands for the Rapid Product Mastery Experience. Product managers and teams use the RPM experience to not just learn how to create more valuable products, but how to actually work better together, love their work, and see benefits immediately. That's why it's called an experience, and it is the fastest and most meaningful way for groups to move to higher performance. Scott, who transitioned from an innovation group to a product management group at Motorola, said about it, I would wholeheartedly recommend this program. I heard about it from a group who had gone through it before, who had spoken very highly of it. And that's what I often hear. A company will start with a single RPM experience group, and soon word gets out about how it's different, and others want to be in the group too. The RPM experience is changing how product managers and teams approach their work and delight customers. If you want to learn about how it works, go to theeverydayinnovator.com RPM Download the guide and use the link you'll see to schedule time to talk about your needs. It is transforming how companies approach product management. I hope you check it out at theeverydayinnovator.com RPM. Now, let's get back to learning about customer communities with Olga. Talk through that segmentation again. You, you've said, you know, you look at agencies and corporate. How, and I don't know if you have any instrumentation metrics automatically being collected in the tool itself to try to help identify, you know, people using the product more. How do you do that segmentation to identify those influencers?
0: So just a bit about the event. So it's called, you Summer Jam. Then it's 40 people. Uh, they fly in themselves, but the hotel and then the whole program is covered by us. And then we invite 10 product owners that like some want the user group, some want the private interviews. Firstly, I identify who is going from our product department. And that would also give me a better idea on the persona that I want. And also, I always ask, we always ask them about the outcome. So I ask them, what would be the success criteria or what would success look like to you after you leave? the event that gives me also the understanding of the profile and then we have a lot of digital marketing agencies using our product and then the in-house like booking.com let's say well this would be the or that's the same as kayak.com in the in us Mm -hmm. so that that's a profile of a company um that uh, we would choose as um, well as also as a um, target uh, persona for working with product owner and then I look at uh, what tools they're using what uh, topics they were speaking on stage and what, what basically what, um, what feedback they were providing before and um, then I try to then Tailor them in different groups. So also, then ten product owners, forty people. Well, um, one person can only speak to two product owners or be in two product owners groups in one day. So I have to really make sure that whoever knows content best, and then they well, they go to content, well, product owner on the content tools and not to the SEO tools. So it's um, it all depends on whether in this product owner would want to develop a new tool, or they have an existing functionality, I I look at the product owner as my client, so to say, and then I give them the perfect audience. And um, I feel that in agencies, the influencers that come from agencies, they have a wider scope of industries they're working with. So it helps us to assess whatever is happening in the fashion and beauty and healthcare Mm -hmm. and finance. Whereas if we want a big corporate, then we actually would um, want to understand um, the business in depth and um, well if someone has a large website and also they have a large marketing budget so for us they their patterns of using the tool would be different. If it's a minor updates that would impact a lot of users that we have on the lower subscriptions then I would say I would use agencies. If I want, um, if yeah, if it's a major update and it would impact a variety of users, then I would do a mix. So it just really depends on the wishes of my product owner, and then they are, they are success criteria, and also user group that also usually uses this tool.
1: Okay. So uh, is this a once-a-year kind of planning activity for Summer Jam? Yes. And when do you start that? When do you have those conversations with your product owners to say, who do we need to be talking to, to help you know what to do with your product next?
0: Uh, the conversations are now. So they're happening okay. now and the event is in June. Okay. So we have to start inviting uh, people in um, February, um, February latest because mm-hmm. make plans. And then there's a conference season happening. So, Yeah, that's, um, that's going to be, um, really happening soon. Um, but that's just one, uh, yeah, once a year. And apart from that, we also gather influencers and we invite them to like a video conferences with, um, with product owners. And there's a group of alpha testers. And then also there is a group of really advanced users who are in in really direct contact with product owners. And some of them like shared the ideas that we built the tools off. So that was like their wish for certain features. And then the product owner just, they single out only that person just um, eliminate everything else and then they just build the tool together basically that's happening when you have already built the connection with influencers and then there were like a 10-step process where you really build that emotional connection when they are willing to invest their time and work with your like internal team so much.
1: I think there's a lot of product managers listening to this right now that are thinking, wow, how could I get my marketing department to plan an event (laughs) like this so I could have time to talk to actual customers? I think that's really exciting. So on, on planning here, you're about four to six months out before the event. You're starting to think about who needs to be at this. That starts with a conversation with the product owners, the product managers, about what they want to know, who are the people that they want to talk to. So that's the start of your segmentation, and then you look for the right people to get there agencies are useful because they're talking to a larger part of the market and so you expect to get more insights from them and then you also bring in who else do you bring in besides agencies
0: well fortune 500 companies with with
1: large marketing budgets Mm -hmm. yes okay so it's segmentation driven by the product owners and product managers For this event, what we can get into some other ones too, when you start identifying them, are you starting with the online community? Do you have interaction before the physical event or do you save that online interaction for after the physical event?
0: We invite only people that we've seen in the real world. Sometimes we invite people that we haven't seen, but someone definitely were in close contact with them Mm -hmm. because it's just... It's also a networking event where you invite very opinionated people because influencers have opinions, they share them. And then they also need to respect each other and uh, be of interest to each other. So it's not only for our product owners. Uh, then these 40 influencers all also need to benefit from and they get value. Mm-hmm. Actually, we are, are acting as middlemen Um bringing all of those international community together. so they are here there because of us but they see an immense value um, in working with us because we expose them to new markets and then if influence is really uh, famous in US that doesn't mean that they have connections in Australia to go and there at conferences and suddenly they have like three people, three strong connections that could get will give them introductions new market to new events and then give them like and then it's that's this is within the phone call or within the facebook message that gives them this wealth of context or breadth of context and uh, that's why i'm also really picky when combining all of them because there should be um chemistry within the event so event is like three days then they have a lot of discussions with one another and um we also invite the special guests. So we have Avinash Kaushik from, from Google, and we have David Allen, who's the best-selling author on productivity, uh, who gave the keynote and the workshop on how to be productive. So we give them value. Well, we give them um, something back that they would really value. Um, so that's why I'm so picky with the list as well. So and then we always, always have to validate the person um, that they are not only. Um, are important to our company, but they would be um, seen as influenced by others.
1: Right. This has to work for the participants. If you're asking them to come to your event, there has to be something of really good, high value for them to invest that time and and want to be a part of it. Once you have this segment, you've invited the people to attend, do you wait until the physical event for them to meet each other? Or do you have an online community where some of that is happening ahead of time?
0: We create the Facebook group and Facebook uh, Messenger chat. We also send them the um, uh, spreadsheet. We don't have emails. We have only public information. We have the links to LinkedIn, to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if they have it, and if that's an open account. So uh, we give them the chance to see who is attending Without like any spreading any personal information, mm-hmm. um, and we've seen that uh, Facebook Messenger works better because, well, for example, WhatsApp is international, mm-hmm. but that requires phone numbers, and that is already a really sensitive information that you do not want to share with someone you don't you haven't met. So Facebook is pretty universal. People are pretty happy and also within one click of a button or two you're able to scan the person and see who you'll be meeting um and their well their posts and whatever they announce to the world and also picture so that's where we start sharing updates and then sharing more about the agenda and some people know each other because they're traveling all over the world and also that kind of Uh, helps the conversation going because they see familiar faces Uh, they meet only at the event and one of the activities that we do to help them meet is that we give uh, badges really randomly and then the first activity is then to find the person who that lanyard belongs to that's how they meet each other and then they find yeah they just um are searching for a specific person. And that's the first person they instantly talk with.
1: And then after the event, does that Facebook group continue? Do you continue interacting with them throughout the year?
0: Yes. Yeah. When we have new releases, and that's how the community stays a the community. They, they travel all around the world and speak at the same conferences. And then they take selfies and then just post it in the group. The brand gives space for others to interact. So brand doesn't mm-hmm. always... Have to be the centerpiece piece of the communication. That's not a community, and uh, when you see uh, people meeting because you created that space and then you made the connection, that makes it super powerful. And then they want to share this with a group. That's how um, we maintain one of the things that really is strong throughout the year and then our announcements and their announcements as well so yeah it's just active and now we'll be gluing together all of the chats we have uh during three years we've done where we're doing the event
1: so you have even a larger group now because of that yeah how much do you turn this over year over year do you purposely get all new influencers each year or do you bring some back what's that mix like
0: we bring some back, so we also want to make keep it really international. And then we have um, some key clients that also are the providers of like really new, really many tool wishes and features. So uh, we would not see any benefit of leaving them out and then mm-hmm. searching for someone new in some market. Um, so for those key clients, then we just um, keep them. Um, And then, well, for example, also in Australia, we have influencers who are always in contact with us. And then we just mm, invite it over and over Um, because um, in Australia, that's really strong commitment to fly um, from Australia. And then um, if we have strong ambassadors there, then it didn't really make sense to invite anyone new. Um, so we will be reconsidering this year, like every time we go through the list and then we make really tough decisions because that's only 40 people. But definitely a few people will be coming back just because our product owners really want the input from them. We always will have some uh, someone who is just super, super regular so to say in this event and then always new and uh, this year we'll be having majority coming from united states i think that's where our core audience is and then we will be reducing the number of people who travel from other countries
1: okay i'm curious about the scale of this within the context of your company i hope you don't mind if i ask you a little, little bit just about the numbers around these things because you have this is a, a event for 40 people and what's the size of your company like in terms of employees
0: 800
1: okay so it, it's a, a good size company it, it's it's not mammoth but a, a good medium-sized business for sure but you have 40 people coming are you paying for these people to travel
0: Paying for the flights themselves. Okay, so you're
1: helping to get them there. You're bringing in really good quality speakers to help make this a special event for them. I got to imagine this is not an inexpensive thing to put on. How does this fit into your marketing budget and how do you defend it with the organization?
0: That's a really good question. Um, So every year, I don't know if we'll be allowed to do this event or not. And that's because we need the input from product owners and the validation that actually the input was worth uh, the uh, We brought eight product owners last year. Seven out of eight said that the comments they had got, our validation of their ideas that they um, had uh, then, well, it was positive and it was it was either implemented in the tool Uh, or they were about to, so they made some decision based on the input. Uh, So that's how, and then we we measure what basically will be happening with the feature or tool. If we see there was value and that could be measured in terms of like interest of our audience or even the result, whether it was implemented or not, then I really have a strong incentive to um just come and request uh to do this event again this year also we will be making it bigger, and then so it will be still forty people that will be bringing um to work with our product owners, but there will be sixty people out of audience that we will be bringing from our users, but they will be learning SCM rush at this point. We're making it larger, and that's how I basically we also um protect it or pitched the event. Um, to make this happen but the main criteria is um, the number of mentions um, that we got from and the referrals we got from influencers. also the number of implementations we got from the product owners and how strong i would say the connection still was with the influences that we managed so it's just activity in the facebook group and then number of activities we've done with them uh-huh. since then so it's uh, we have blog we have webinars and then well uh, extra uh sessions to say so to say they had the product owners um so we have some metrics on the, on like future work um with uh with the influencers and i'm happy to say yeah, that this year we're still having it but every year i just don't know because that's as you said a huge investment
1: Mm-hmm. Where does it fit inside your marketing budget? Is this 50%, 10%? H- how much goes to this event?
0: It's less than you mm-hmm. might have imagined. Okay. Uh, so it's, yeah. So we have different departments as brand, uh, brand brand, marketing. So it's just top of the funnel. So that way it would fit because that's, um, well, we work with influencers. You cannot anyhow measure it. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I would say this um, this is one of the biggest events we have during the year, but I wouldn't say it's even 10% of it. Okay.
1: Yeah. So it's not insignificant for sure. And it's sometimes it's on the bubble, but it sounds like the value of this is you think of it as a event for your product owners, your product managers. This is an opportunity to find out what do we need to do with our product? What, what direction does it need to go in? And you base that off of these influencers, your lead users can get insights from them.
0: Yep. Um, I can recommend if product manager uh, doesn't have the community of influencers, what could be done, definitely. Where it all started is me actually chatting with them on social media and also influence marketing manager sending uh, emails. To different influences saying like well if you would want to give us your honest feedback on the tool we'll give you a free account and that also happened like five years ago and that's where we got a lot of influencers just testing the product and we were not asking ever to refer um, the product to anyone or just well, mention the conference. So all we wanted always was the honest feedback on how we could do better. And actually that's why influencers are influencers. So they were always happy to share it. So that's how bit by bit, starting with email, then with short calls with product owners, we identified the strongest, well, like influencers who were really w- willing to work with us. Um, so if there is by any chance an, a conference, um in the city where product manager is based. You don't need to organize the whole uh event as we did. You just need probably to single out the speakers that would be willing to talk to you and then just ask the marketing person to arrange a round table in the conference room. And that would also be like a mini um conference where you just also definitely invite the agile coach or scrum master to help you well Um, structure the meeting. So you will, you, you'll have five opinionated people if you let them talk. To, well, just openly, there will be a discussion that will not bring any value to the product manager. So that's why we have groups. We have timelines where they work together with post-it notes. We have time when they present and then we uh, print out the dashboards and then they also work. They always work in groups uh, because we need to structure and organize them. So. Mm-hmm. Getting the user group together is not a problem even in a small city or not having a budget for a specific event. But then also the issue is that to make sure that influential people just do not really battle each other with their opinions.
1: That makes sense. So lots of ways to kind of get scrappy about this and and do things that are a little bit quicker and certainly lower cost. And I like the idea of piggybacking on conferences, right? So we could try to put together our own meetup and and send out the emails and contact people through uh, LinkedIn and like say, hey, we're having this dinner and we're going to do an event. But if we already have a conference we could align with that are the right users are there, are our prospective customers, it would be easy to go to the conference organizers and say, We'd like to sponsor, have a sponsorship in your conference, just so we can have a lunch together with a group of people and invite them. And that's pretty fast and really low cost to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Those are good ideas. So this conversation started about online communities. um, And I'm really glad we ended up with just how do we as product people get better insights from key people in our prospective audience, our prospective customers, and our key customers. Just to wrap back to the online community aspect. What are you doing throughout the year to foster a community where you can get, you know, you have access to customers, you can get some of their feedback, ask questions when they have questions that come up, do that sort of thing?
0: We organize for our paid users, we organize the private Facebook group. When they enter, they have to also give us an email so we could validate they are um, our paid customer. And we also ask them uh, some weird question about the tool. So which tool um, can check if your text is unique? And um, they can just skip the answer or they can try to answer this. And that's the first feedback we gather from everyone who tries to join the group, whether they are aware of the tool. And sometimes they are not, but they start looking and then they find the new tool. And then they, well, they join the group and our um, C-level is there, our product owners are there. So what they have is like really quick access to customer support. Um, and also they obviously uh, share a lot of tool wishes as well or thoughts about the product. And they can chat to other users. And um, also we have influencers there as well who are power users. So we there's a really good mix. We have now people posting more than we do. And uh, we share updates every week or every other week about the product. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there, and if um, they have a question or a tool wish, um, then we tag a specific product owner. And then, if they like um, the suggestion, they take it to the email uh, mm-hmm. to discuss further. Um, or we are really open on. Um, Well, whether if we won't be doing that, and then there is a specific business reason, we will uh, share the reason why we will not build it. Um, So that group has a dedicated um, community manager. He's there um, every day. And then what I also did when we hired her for two weeks, she did extensive product training to ensure that a uh, community manager was aware of like every nitty-gritty detail we had in the tool. And um, that way, she also were able, was able to address any question the user has, even if that's an advanced user. So that group is really ongoing daily. Um, there are like three four posts from our um, clients. And while well, customer support is also there, so if there is a question we cannot answer, they're taking Care of it. Uh, if there's a question about our pricing strategy or whatnot, then we also sometimes chief strategy officer joins it and comments on our decisions. So we are pretty transparent, and that's the audience we definitely wanna like invest our time like talking to because that's the users who are committed. So they are paid clients
1: yeah it's a great resource uh, a key tip you shared through there was having someone dedicated to managing the community sometimes we start these communities and no one's really paying attention and they they don't go well and this is a great resource for product managers because now you have people you can directly contact ask questions if you want to set up one on one real world you know face to face interviews you have a way of reaching out to people to do that and just to get feedback through the online community so really smart this has been a great discussion about so many good insights about the value of of talking with customers, having events for them, having online communities for them. As listeners know, I love innovation quotes. I asked you to bring a quote for us. Uh, tell us what that is and what it means to you.
0: It's um, my own quote, and it's, um, if it's in my head, that's already possible. So I think uh, people, they limit themselves. So nobody else puts the restrictions on you um, than yourself. So I did exercise, that's really powerful. I would really suggest recommend that. So I have written down um, 100 points, starting with what if, um, meaning like, what if I jump with a parachute? Like what what if I skydive? What if I uh, drive like a race car? Or what what if I do something at work? And then um, that expands my mind. Um, in every different way, like what if I write a book, and then so allowing yourself to think beyond what's possible. Um, this is uh, this was really powerful, and I've done it twice, and then the second time I've done it, I've written a lot more crazy stuff because then I just already exercised my mind to like, think bigger. Um, so I think that if if that's here. Then executing that with the right people, that's just a matter of time and effort. But the most important thing is that you dare to dream and then you just think broader
1: it's a good tip. I like the practice there of helping us think bigger, right? And what if I did that thing that might sound scary and jump out of a plane and skydive uh, something different for us? I also like those questions to help us frame things differently. Like what if Riz Carlton was going to do this thing we're thinking about, right? And help us just think outside of our own box some of the time. Thanks for sharing that quote. How can people find out more about SEM Rush and the work that you're doing?
0: So semrush.com would be the website that um, well, uh, and that's the company I work for I'm on Facebook that's where I'm active and um, it's Olga um, If that, that would be the link if your audience would want to mm-hmm. connect you personally so yeah, SEMRA.com or my own Facebook
1: Excellent, I will make sure those links are in the show notes to make it easy for everyone to find you and find the work your company is doing Thank you so much for the insights about community building and the value of doing that
0: it's, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
1: And do you have time for a bonus question? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Great. So the bonus question, when it comes to online communities, we talked about this a little bit. You you have a dedicated community manager. That's really important. But they can kind of get stale at times if there's not someone in there asking questions and keeping things moving. What are some of your favorite questions to make that happen or tips to keep that going?
0: There are two types of questions. There are ones that actually um, enhance the community and that um, might not be too, too related. And one topic that I've identified, like I'm passionate about, and then whenever I start posting about it, like a lot of people chime in, and that's books. So if the community is really silent for a while, um, then um, sharing the book that you've read, and then the well insights or um, key points from that book, or just your book list. So I shared like 30 books that I've read in 20. um, 19 and that really triggered the response so yeah or collection of like five productive books on productivity or whatever so then people start recommending more and more books and that's a really great discussion also what we like to share what we like to ask is the um tools or software they're using for specific purposes so what is the productivity toolkit you're using and then what are five tools that you could live without and then um a lot of people were mentioning monday for example so then i was asking about like why they're using this tool and then there was a long discussion people endorsing not and not talking about our tool but something else that they're using daily and uh when it comes to um scm russian asking feedback then, um, we try to tackle use cases, so what would um and um we are asking, okay guys, we're releasing the tool for digital marketing agencies who would like to be in a better testers group, and um that's where um well, people just sign in and then there's a lot of activity, or we once shared so that that's really powerful if it comes not from the community manager but product owner so when the tool tool has been released then we're asking like what's your feedback but that comes from the product owner with the link to the tool so that that's what really um makes the community active
1: and again it gets our product owners product managers Mm -hmm. tied into the community better and getting firsthand insights Uh, we all want that. That's really good. Um, so sh- sharing the, you know, it's like something that is your favorite thing, right? And what you're passionate about, such as, as books. You said earlier that the community does not have to be focused on the brand, right? It, it should be about things that are interested, interesting to the people that are there. And this sounds like some questions to help that, right? Find out what your community people are interested in and talk about those things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, conferences are also a really popular question. Huh. Like, what's the next conference you're going to be at? Also, that helps you identify where to go yourself Mm -hmm. and also where you'll find specific people. If your team is just traveling extensively, then you'll have a list of where you meet people.
1: Good. Some good tips on questions there. I appreciate that. I I want to be part of the community now just so I can experience what this is like. (laughs) Once again, Olga, thank you so much for joining us. I sure appreciate the insights. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator. This is where product leaders and managers make their move to product master, learning practical knowledge that leads to more influence and confidence so you'll create products customers love. Find the written notes of the discussion with Olga and that special bonus question about her favorite questions for stimulating discussion online at theeverydayinnovator.com 268. Keep innovating.
0: Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit theeverydayinnovator.com.